Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with another episode. This time, I'm here with Lori Barnes. Lori Barnes is a bicontinental astrologer. What does that mean? That means she lives in two continents. She lives in Rome, Italy. I just found that out when I contacted her. And, you know, it was very funny because she was just moving as I contacted her. She was very close and I never got to meet her in person. So today's the first time. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi there. I'm well, thank you. Good. Um, so she has lived, she's living now in Rome and in Illinois in the United in Illinois in the United States, comes and goes. Um, she has uh, she's sort of an adventuresome person. She has an adventuresome spirit. And she's moved from Chicago to New York to Palm Springs, San Diego, and now Rome. She has a BA in business, an MBA in psychology, and an MA in marketing. Um, and she also comes from an experience of 14 years in clinical, um, as a clinical licensed therapist. Um, and she's also a nonprofit program director. But she has now made her move to private practice as a professional professional astrologer. She mixes, she has a, a quite a unique mix that she'll talk to us about. She mixes astrology, strengths building, um, archetypal storytelling, yum, 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 and lots of counseling experience to help people build their own personal success path. Laura, how should we start? Um, well, let me start by asking you, we've, we've got the educational background, but um, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like Rome? Well, it's full of history and it just called my name um it's 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 a really cool story and it's a long story so i i won't be able to tell you the whole story uh, we want I the details don't give us the history we want you know the people <laughs> yeah well i so my on my mother's side of the family there's an italian heritage uh -huh. so my great-grandfather came through ellis island so ah. That was, like in, you know, the, the <laughs> beginning of my interest in Italy. Mm -hmm. But the the 
thing was when I was raised, I wasn't really raised with the the ethnic Italian, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't get the cooking, I didn't get Ah. the language. I didn't even find out till later in life that uh, that there was this Italian heritage. So when I heard that, I immediately put on my bucket list, I want to learn Italian. <laughs> right. But it took a long time before I actually had the time to start learning Italian. And once I did start learning with the CD in the car, I realized I have to go to Italy. Oh, You have to be there. yeah. Right. And you have to eat the food. So it was in the, yeah, Yeah. there's the food Yeah, and, the wine. and there's the romance Yeah, and there's the romance, the history. the history. Well, the history is in the fourth place of your list. <laughs> so when did you come to Italy? When did you make that move? How long ago? And, uh, well, I made the move in 2018, Okay, but the, very good. the love story started in 
a bar where there's some social drinking. Yeah. And <laughs> I was famous for pulling out my phone. Of course, this would have been later when, when phones were more popular, smartphones yeah. specifically. And I would put people in my phone and I would tell them, you know, you're this, 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 and you, oh yeah. But there was a big joke that um, when you got digits, I wouldn't get phone numbers. I'd get birthdays. Ah, oh, you know, I'd what do walk you mean? out. I don't like, understand. I know their birthday. I have no idea how to contact them again. Oh, oh, I don't. <laughs> I but I'm not, I'm not understanding what you're saying. Okay, so you go and you're you're, you're with you're your with friends, friends and you're social and you're drinking and mm -hmm. you're having fun and you you meet someone interesting. And instead of saying, oh, well, what's your number? I say, what's your birthday? Oh, so you don't have any contact afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would go home and I'd have my phone full of all this, all Birth these dates. people <laughs> and their birthdays and nothing else. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know who these people are. Yeah. And it, it, there would be a limit uh, for this account that I had. It was 100. And I remember every few months I'd have to go and delete. Don't know that person. Don't know that person. You know, there's, of course, the people that I... I did know, but there were so many I didn't. I have to delete them out to make space. <laughs> and it, even to this day, I joke with my friends, you know, they'll, they'll meet someone. I'm like, did you get their birth information? <laughs> and <they're>, no. <laughs> this is my first question. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're uh, dabbling in astrology, right? But then there's this other strengths building and archetypal uh, storytelling that doesn't just seep into your life you know there's a study behind that there's experiences behind that so let's talk about this strength building strengths with an s you put building yeah it developed out of my desire to continue to help people yeah. right you can't be a psychotherapist if you don't want to help people i mean I, i'd like to think that the people who go into that line of work they do it because they really want to help people. Oh, it's certainly not for the money, yeah. right? Well, no, you know, there are many theories about this. You know, there's always a saying, archetype, um, architects never have their own house. You know, uh, shoemakers don't walk around with holes in their shoes. Psychiatrists or psychologists may be crazies. You know, there are a lot of stories. So when someone goes into a job for some reason, there's a good element of personal uh, desire, okay? There's a, you know, uh, many times people may be wandering the earth thinking about their soul and they go into a certain line of work. So there's, let's say that it, they do want to help people the way they have been helped with their issues. Probably that's the closest definition I could say. So, okay. And what what was the idea behind the strengths building? Right. So um, just to, uh, I just want to respond to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. I think that you're right. It's very varied for how people go in yeah. to it. I worked the whole 14 years in social services, yeah. which is quite different okay. than Tell me. private Tell practice. Tell us about that. You know, if you're thinking about the Hollywood therapist. No, 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 you know, that's with different. The person on the couch. What is it like? That's very different than. What is it yeah, like? That, that's a very different experience than mine was. I, I worked with um, families who had multiple stressors and multiple difficulties. And, and um, I really enjoyed the work. It just got to a point where I felt... Um, like I needed to grow and to do something different. Okay, so when you say so, social 
uh, services. It means that the services were paid for paid for by some form of um, social agency. Sorry, agency. It, uh -huh. it can be government. It uh -huh. can be education. It can be it can be privately okay. funded. Um, but when you say social services, it's usually there's no um, money involved for the therapist. I understand what <laughs> the you're money is at. not it, it is usually a nonprofit. Right funnel, which I don't want to get too far off the subject, yeah. but it, it's a, it's about funding and it's about something that's community-based and um, part of a system. Okay. In a, as opposed to a private practice sure. where somebody walks in and says, I have insurance or I want to right. pay out of pocket okay. and I need help. Oftentimes social services are imposed or, you know, not, maybe not voluntary, or maybe it's just disrupting education mm -hmm. because I work with kids. Mm -hmm. So it was very education oriented. So getting to the strengths part and the archetypes part, um, it's kind of the flip side and the positive psychology. So when you work in the mental health field, you're often faced with working with people who have a dysfunction that's Inter interrupting or interfering with their ability to have a, a healthy life. Mm -hmm. So uh, counseling mental health services is to bring someone from dysfunction to function. Okay. Positive psychology is also psychology, but it, it's it's working with a different segment and it's, it's really taking people who are functioning, mm -hmm. who don't have a di diagnosis or a disability, mm -hmm but still feel like there's more. They want more so give us they're, they're not at their a, optimal. Let's give us a, a precise example of a person. Well, it's taking someone from functional to flourishing. So an example is somebody who has a job, who's paying their bills, maybe owns their own house, uh -huh. can even be, uh, you know, financially set and have what, you know, quote, is you know a perfect life yeah. or a good life mm -hmm. but yet inside they feel empty they feel like mm -hmm. they haven't found their purpose and meaning in life they haven't found that thing that when they wake up in the morning they're really excited to jump out of bed and do okay and so that's that's more of the positive psychology part it's about the well-being it's about happiness and optimism and feeling like you're really doing what you were meant to do uh -huh on earth uh -huh. and some you know a lot of people aren't doing that but they're functioning fine okay they're not suffering from depression they're not uh, suffering from anxiety mm -hmm. or any kind of post-traumatic stress um but the, you know they can't say that they they need uh, therapy for something that they can point to other than maybe this uh, feeling of emptiness inside or feeling like they they haven't found their direction mm -hmm. they're not really living this authentic life mm -hmm. They're not happy, you know, but they're okay. Yeah. You know, it's just like there's something more out there. And that's why I brought it all together mm -hmm. because that's the person that I wanted to work with. That, okay. that was this, the shift okay. that so, I wanted so to do. So we have astrology. We've got positive psychology. We've got the strengths building that we haven't got into yet. And archetypal storytelling. What, um, are, am I going to beg? <laughs> What about these strengths building? <laughs> so, okay, so strengths building. Well, let, I, I, there's an order that I okay. use. And, and I always start with values. Always right. start with values. Right. We got to kind of like know what's really important to us and what uh, is our compass. 
all of our choices and decision making really comes down to our values. If we know what our values are, then we can be better choice makers. Well, how do you find out makers. what a person's values? Well, you work with me. And <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, is uh, there a process of a questionnaire, an interview? Uh, yep. Okay. How? Yeah, I'm not definitely not the only person out there who does values. You, if you Google it, you can find questionnaires. You can mm-hmm. find uh, like some of those self-generated report. Like you, you answer questions sure. and then you get a report generated for you. I like to work with lists of, of um, values and kind of hone in, uh, you know, groupings because okay. oftentimes if you have a list of 50 words and then you can only choose, you know, maybe 10 and then you find that like three of them are kind of similar. Give us an idea of what you... is on this list of values. Family. Okay. Uh, recognition. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. you know, environment, climate change. Uh-huh. You, I mean, it, it can be causes too, because really that shows what is underlying for you. And I, I do have a long list, but no, I always okay. tell we got people the idea. there's something. We've got the idea. Yeah. 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 So once you, you get, you kind of get those down, um, we move on to strengths. And then we talk about how do those strengths support well, what are, the values. In, I do. In the same way we need to talk about the values give examples what are the strengths what could they be compassion leadership uh, but um, who they the, they themselves decide they are the one that make these emerge to you i'm asking i use i use uh, a it's an evidence based question okay so there's another it, uh, seeking out information yeah. okay but yeah. so, so. I, I feel like there's no need to reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. if some really smart course, PhDs sure. study this for decades and have kind of like, of course. Yeah. So what I use is this, this, um, it's called values in action. It's, it's, a uh, character strengths okay. questionnaire. And then the thing is your strengths change and evolve sure. over time. So I just want to sure. be really clear to say that, it, um, you don't want to kind of like say that these are my strengths and right, that's, of that's course, it. Of that's course. what it is. So can life. you uh, tell right. me if when you are measuring strengths or understanding the strengths of a person, do they have a, is there a range from to uh, on the positive scale, positive in inverted commas, to a negative scale? Um, you know, maybe a lot of people could value distance. I am able to keep a distance. Mm-hmm. Is, is there something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, rather than the word negative and positive, there's an overuse and underuse and optimal use. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Well, give us yeah. some examples. So, you know, you can be a great leader, mm-hmm. but if you overuse it, maybe you're like really boss. Okay. I get it. You know, right. and if you underuse it, you're too passive. Okay. You don't, you don't take charge when, mm-hmm. when you could or should. Right. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so now we're with the strengths we're with the values yeah. and yeah um, then we go to mindset okay hold on at least this is how i hold do on it. so um uh, let's say how long does this take to to um, ascertain all of these things the strengths the values is this in an intake session is it in a you know online session is a distance session you give them the questionnaire and they give it back to you before you even see each other in, in any way? I think that um, any practitioner who works with these types of 
practices or techniques is going to do it in their own way. The way I do it is is a workshop style, and each each one ha is an individual session. So I'll I'll have one session on values. I'll have one session on strengths. Good. They'll do the questionnaire before we meet, Good. so that that information okay. is already um, available mm -hmm. for us. And then we talk about strengths and how how it's applied and the underuse and the overuse. Because eventually we're going to talk about like you know where are you going in, in in life, and how do those strengths support that, Would that or be how do you use them? Sort more? of a questionnaire for goals or objectives, or is that in the talk? Is it, is it within a talk? The, um, the the questionnaire for strengths is something that I'm not part of, that uh -huh. they're doing online, uh -huh. right? But the, in the application of strengths, um, then it's a whole conversation about like, like what you, I think what you were saying is the different domains of life or, right? Uh -huh. or, um, kind of depend, it really depends on the person because you really have to individualize, at least in the in the kind of work that I do in the helping field, anytime you're helping someone, you're helping them. It's it's what do they need and where are they right now and where are they trying to go? Okay, now. So you really have to be able to flexibly work around okay. what comes up in the conversation. All right, so we have the astrological part to that. When does that factor in? I have been doing that after we do the values and the strengths and the, I do a mindset session in between. Mm -hmm. Well, actually I do goals and mindset first. And then I, I put the astro I layer the astrology in last because astrology is complex. It's deep. And I think that there's this view of astrology, which is booming right now. It's very popular that astrology is going to tell you everything that astrology has the answers and, and it does definitely provide answers around timing and it definitely can help someone understand their personality and characteristics that maybe they were struggling to um, really identify like it can really kind of cut through right. quickly what maybe two years of psychoanalysis would right. would, would take in you know astrology kind of just cuts to the chase so I decided to do the astrology after so that there aren't those preconceived notions that that can come out of astrology and that instead we're looking at the person and we're we're then bringing that to astrology and then mixing them together okay so let's and say then using that to um there there is a client and i imagine that many of the clients that you have have in one one time in their life already have turned to astrology and they may know a lot about themselves already. Uh, in that case, do they tell you up front or uh, you won't know that at all or you don't care about that at all? It's not important mm -hmm. that they tell me or important that they have or have not um, uh, accessed astrology before. Though one thing that I have been thinking that would be really fun is to do a group and do it for astrologers, because I think I, I think and I'm, I'm not saying this like completely without um, some experience, because I do know a lot of astrologers mm -hmm. being in the field. I think that we we do astrology and of course we look at our charts, but we don't sometimes 
kind of slow down and do slow astrology, like really go deeply into some of the the basic concepts of like, oh, I am a Libra, mm-hmm, for example, mm-hmm. which just means that the sun was partic- in that particular part of the sky when you were born. And so ast- astrologers now have books and, and, you know, thousands of years of information to study. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you can read everything or study everything there is to study in astrology in a lifetime. There's just, there's a, a, a lot of different methods and techniques. So I, what I think is really cool and fun about uh, my program is that I do slow it down a little bit. Okay, and slow astrology, really... slow astrology with Lori Barnes. I get it. Now I have the title <laughs> for this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Now, um, so we have it slow and it's at the end and, um, but we still haven't got to the archetypal storytelling. How did that come to you to include, you know, what was it? It came to me Uh because, yeah, I, I really wanted to have a way to speak in layman's terms. Yeah. With astrology, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call that? The jargon. There's a lot of jargon. Yeah. A lot of jargon. It's, it's a whole language. Yeah. I have learned now yeah. I can say I've well, you know, archetypal or I'm learning another language. language has its own language too, no? Yes, but the whole point of archetypes is to um have a universal symbol. Okay. Archetypes a are role universal or symbols. image. Mm-hmm. Meaning mm-hmm. that you you could say that there's um and archetypes are supposed to be something that cultures, all cultures can identify with. Uh-huh. Now, I don't want to um, be told I'm I'm completely wrong on that because I think that also archetypes and the interest in archetypes yeah. is expanding. And, it, you know, you can have archetypes in a particular culture as well. Sure. Where maybe only the United States culture might understand a particular thing. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, an example yeah. is not coming to mind in this moment. Um baseball or, or right. football or something, you know, archetypal that other cultures may not get. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and but you can use this symbolism yeah. for explaining concepts, for understanding concepts, and also for taking it away from the personal and making it outside of the person yes. so that you can better yes. embrace it and then integrate it back in. Because sometimes there's parts of us, like the shadow side of us, that we don't want to to uh, own. Mm -hmm. So using archetypes to help explain and understand the different parts of our Mm -hmm. personality is is an approach that I think fits really nicely. Let's explain for our listeners or viewers, what archetypes are, how can you use them? Give us examples of archetypes and examples of how you would use them with a client. Movies, I think, are the best answer to that question. We we look at characters in films and we can categorize them. We can say, you know, the protagonist, the antagonist, the good guy, the bad guy, the superhero, um, the victim. These are archetypes. And I think we all understand them when we think about them in a movie. But how you know, do you say link that, it to a client? We, I use them to help tell the story in their, in their chart. Okay. So to, tell us 
and even to give us an idea goals, of the story. For, what is a story, an archetypal story for you? How does it come around? I mean, how could I recognize that? Um, you could say like the traveler, somebody who is um, an adventurer. Sorry, I'm kind of using myself right now. But, you know, if I had to describe myself as an archetype, I'm um, an adventurous, as you described me uh -huh. in the very beginning. Yeah. I think I, I gave myself that title. Um, no, what I was asking is something different. Um, oh. I'm, I'm asking you, astrology, let's say, is technical, if we want to use that word. Uh, like you said, there are thousands and thousands of books. You can learn about astrology and you can come to astrology from different ways. Archetype storytelling, we imagine that storytelling is very subjective. It is something that I invent. It's something that I piece together from diff different information that I have in my hands. And in this case, I'm playing the devil's advocate, Lori, okay? From what you're saying, I'm going to say, look, a client comes to you and we're at that part of the archetypal storytelling. You've got the strengths, you've got the mindset, you've got all of the information that we mentioned with the questionnaire and the sessions. How do you piece together that story from what you feel they are demonstrating to you or from other information, you know, data, I'll call it data, that they have given you on paper? Well, going back to my example, it, it's how they understand a particular sign. I was describing Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. I use keyword systems for people who are not familiar with astrology. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling them their story. I'm, I'm helping them tell their story, but they're telling their story as well. This is a process of deep internal uh, 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 investigation. This is really getting to the heart of a person. Right. Or, or a group of sure. people if I'm working with a sure. group. Sure, but, but... Am I, am I no, getting to no, what no, you're no, because, going um, at? I can understand that. And again, I'm being the devil's advocate because I'm trying to understand. I can see that you have them pinpoint their own issues. I get that. As a therapist, I can see you doing that. But when it comes to the storytelling, the archetypal storytelling... What do they say if they're telling the story? If you're telling the story, how does it get, you know, how do you get that story? Or if you are together fashioning a story on the basis of all of their information, where does it come from? Do you piece it together and it's negotiated or is it, you know, gleaned from your um, interviews, sessions? That's what I wanted to know. Um, okay. I'm not sure that I totally understand, uh -huh. but I would say that it's a combination. Um, you can use an example of from a, of a client. You can call them Mister X. Well, because client. the it, the storytelling isn't necessarily making up something that couldn't happen, you know. But you might want to have your tribe. Like I, I like tribes. Tribes is kind of a buzzword mm -hmm. these days, but we all need our tribe, mm -hmm. right? And so you can have archetypes for yourself, but you also want to have archetypes for the your tribe, your people, sure. your support system but around you. Do you suggest the archetypes and they pick? 
I see. This is what I'm saying because a person usually I can well, I can not. I I will, mm-hmm. um, but there's no there's but oftentimes people can come up with their own and I do I I do use movies so kind of going back to the whole idea of movies mm-hmm. if uh, if people struggle yeah. with identifying some of their own yeah. I can suggest them because I get to know in every single session I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I think that this is, you know, both a talent of mine, but also from my training yeah. is that you, you pick up on what people of are course, saying and then course. you reflect it back sure, to them. Sure. And you can do that through characters that are famous that people know of, which oftentimes so, is movies, but it not always. So it's it like celebrities, a suggestion. It can be political figures. It's sort of like a suggested mirror that you put up, sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then like, they pick it yeah, up. Yeah, you can give any... It, it, yeah, but it, it it can be a family member, you know, because mother is one of the most famous archetypes that Problematic. any of us have ever heard. <laughs> or father. <laughs> or father, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it really just depends on what has already come up out of the work that we've done together, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so let's say that I know that uh, sessions are very private and it's not, you know, People just don't talk about their clients. But um, if you can think back and and probably discuss it with us in a sort of objective way, uh, a case or a case study that you had of a person who um, developed far beyond what you imagined ever since they started with you, they came to you with, I don't know, uh, it could have been any kind of issues that they had, could have been trauma, you know, could have been so many different things. But um, a, a case where their development far exceeded your expectations, if I can use that word, I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but um, your hopes. <laughs> Do you have a, a some kind of example like that? Um, or under and far exceeded, and how do you want me to tie that to archetypes? Well, no, no. Let's leave the archetypes for the the, the side. Okay, we're, we're moving on. No, no, okay. we're not moving on because it may come up. You know, <laughs> that's why I'm you know making you talk about it. Go ahead. So you you want a success story? I will. I want a story. Well, I imagine all of the stories are successful in some way. You know, but a surprising story for you. You know when. When you're working and you're people with experience always base their efforts on experience, their studies, and you know what they imagine could you know they they project in some way some kind of outcome. But sometimes we're surprised. Sometimes what happens is so unique because we didn't expect that turn of events, or we didn't expect you know the point from A to B being so short because of some kind of I don't know, aha moment that the person had uh, because of your efforts. Yeah, I, mean, I had a recent, mm-hmm. it, I had a recent experience um, with a woman who is um, almost sixty, mm-hmm. and really um, kind of difficult past. Uh-huh. I don't want to give yeah, too sure. much information out of for privacy. Yeah, how reasons, how but, past? You know, we could say very childhood or recent past. Recent uh-huh. past, mm-hmm. we could just say that there was incarceration okay. involved. So just a re- really, you know, bad turn of events mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, coming, coming out, yeah. um, out of that experience, uh, obviously there was some trauma involved and, and the quality of life after is, it's much more difficult yeah. to achieve the kind of quality of life. Right? right. And as we were working together, the, the amount of creativity and excitement and motivation for the future was, it was so fulfilling to see, um, and that the amount of hope and optimism and the unique ways of going forward, because the traditional ways, some of, not all, but some of those traditional ways are cut off, mm -hmm. you know, there's just limits, uh, for, uh, returning citizens. Uh -huh. That's unfortunate. Um, that, that was really, really nice. I, th I think that I see more often smaller gains mm -hmm. when you work with social services, ah. there's oftentimes so many stressors yeah. and you have, you know, you just, you're just trying to get them like maybe one rung up the ladder. Uh -huh. You're not going to get them up I the see. ladder. That, that's an unrealistic oh, expectation. I see. I see. Mm -hmm. Right. The other thing to know when you work in social, social services, even in private practice, right. there's a lot of rules and regulations and it, do you it's mean just ethical, not all that often that client rules ethical okay. and legal yeah, okay. there's hipaa mm -hmm. they don't uh the clients not that often come knocking on the door and give you a report so you don't always get to hear back about how well they've done of over course. time mm -hmm. if that makes sure. sense so um there's there's probably great stories out there and i don't even know them because the clients doesn't are, share mm -hmm. yeah they don't come back and i can't reach out to them that that's um, of course that's ethically yeah. not something to do yeah mm -hmm. i mean there's there's the ethics that i was taught and i i'm licensed in california is that you can't even approach a client outside of the office, like if you run into them at the grocery store, you can't acknowledge, they have to acknowledge you. If they say, hey, hi, you can respond, but you can't be like, oh, hey, yeah. it's me, your therapist. That's a really a no, big no-no. No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you left all that behind? <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, I'm joking. It, you just, after 14 years, I wanted to change. Well, it there's was a, really rewarding there's, work, For every but... job, there is a threshold of, uh, of tolerance. After that, you know, you've got to leave. And uh, every job is different. Yeah. And uh, I imagine yeah. a therapy in a, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Is... Well, you know, some people really love the experience of life and they can't do the same thing for 40 years. And we fortunately live in a time now where it's more acceptable that you do this for a while and then you do that for a while. But can you imagine, you know, 50 years ago, if you were the kind of person who had this zest for life, who just wanted to experience all these things, but you lived in a society, a community, your family or, you know, your community was just like, you get this job, you work it, right. you know, you can move up and get promoted, but you stay there until you retire. You know, this is how life is right. supposed to go. Right. And if you were that person who didn't fit in that grain, mm -hmm. you were not a very happy person yeah. and you were just going through the motions of life. So, well, I'm sure. I don't know why I just went but off I'm on that sure tangent. But I'm sure it has <laughs> its ups and downs. It had its ups and downs, probably more downs than ups. But life took you, you know, in a different direction. Um, 
I'm I'm so happy that you had uh, the time you took the time to spend with us and um, talk about your work. And I have a few references here. I know that people can find you. Where is the best place to look for you? The best place is my website, which is simply lauriebarnesastrology.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the best thing to do is to sign up for my email because I do send out something every week, mm-hmm. which is hopefully very helpful. And this program that I was describing, yes. the values, strengths, and, and mindset, that's actually um, going to come out in um, in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you, there, it's not open. Okay. Right now, I'm working privately with uh, a group. Mm-hmm. And then um, holidays are here yeah, and sure. people are busy. I know I'm busy. So I'm going to open it yeah. again mm-hmm. in the spring, probably in February, mm-hmm. but don't quote me on that. But if you are interested, then the best right. thing to do is to sign up for my email and then you will get notified. All right. Because there's limited space. So if you really want to do this program, Good. you should be on my email because if it gets full, I don't actually go out and um, promote it publicly Illicit. because. Mm-hmm. It's full. (laughs) All right. Well, good. Thanks a lot. And I hope we have the time to chat again, Lori. Bye-bye. Me too. This was great. Thank you so much. Bye.